Hi, welcome to the Gray to Green podcast. Today we have here with us Elliot Powell, who's from um, Sustainable Harvest International. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your day to reach our audience. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what your organization does? Hi, Sanj, Uh, absolutely. Uh, First, before I begin, I just wanna say it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation and I am glad to Uh, be here to share uh, more about our work at Sustainable Harvest International. So as you mentioned, my name is Elliot Powell. I am the executive director at SHI. And I've been in this role for right around four years. And prior to this, I was uh, still at SHI, but in the director of international programs role. And I mentioned the years. So right around seven years, I've been with the organization. And I've seen it change a lot. In, in really positive ways. And I think something that we'll probably talk about later on is just in, in terms of impact, especially. I've really seen us grow a lot. We've um, hired really wonderful staff and we continue to expand our impact across the region, uh, the regions where we work. Um, so SHI is an environmental international NGO. We are based here in the United States. We have a remote Um, I guess, distributed team across the U.S. of a headquarters team of right around eight individuals or eight staff. And we support uh, our programming or our operations, which is located in different countries in Central America. Uh, We currently have country programs in uh, Belize, Honduras, and Panama. And we can get into all the good details about it, but essentially we promote sustainable agriculture and ecosystem restoration by partnering with small-scale or smallholder rural farming families that otherwise don't have access to technical assistance that we offer. And we do that through a multi-year kind of multi-phase program that we've developed over time. It's exciting uh, this year for SHI because we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. So um, we're taking a lot of time this year to kind of reach back uh, to kind of previous, but also current donors and supporters to thank them for getting to us to where we are today. And also taking time to share some of the exciting new goals that we have for the next 25 years. So I mentioned a little bit about our programs and maybe just to share a little bit, uh, uh, some more of the details, but we work in these three countries of Central America and we have offices, we have locally hired staff and, and, and we're really kind of working in this, the, the overlap or the nexus, I guess you could say between environmental degradation and um, rural poverty. We really think that we believe strongly that those two are inextricably linked. And so a solution must also be linked. And so SHI fits right in there. So we work with families in these rural settings and these rural communities to uh, and share new techniques, kind of new knowledge sources about um, environmental preservation and growing food that is harmonious with nature. And, and by that, we can put Uh, a real dent in the climate crisis that's impacting the world over. Wow, congratulations on your 20 year mark. That's incredible. Um, 
so I hear you tell us about what specifically you're doing with um, your organization. And I guess I saw on your website that you have a specific method for your way of basically increasing sustainable farming. So would mm -hmm. you like to explain this specific method that you're using that you've been able to make such a big impact with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this method or this approach that you mentioned is, is something that we've been working on for, these, for the years that we've been an organization. Uh, it's nothing that we kind of came out and, and knew all about right away. Um, but, you know, from our founder, Florence Reed, uh, kind of just from the inception of the idea of, of, of working and promoting sustainable agriculture in partnership with farming families, uh, we've been just kind of operating like a sponge and always learning from local partners, lo local families, our own staff, uh, going to big conferences or, or even small conferences. But we've been really, uh, uh, I, I guess I'm trying to highlight that we're a learning organization and this method or this, this, this approach has evolved over time. And what it looks like now, and we've had these 25 years of experience, is a really kind of well-structured approach to direct technical assistance. And, um, and, and we have field trainers, the kind of the, the important, really important components of how we do our work comes down to a locally hired SHI field trainer. So these are staff members and they are trained agronomists or they grew up on a farm themselves or they've otherwise been, have lots of experience in working with organic uh, approaches to agriculture or uh, ecosystem restoration and things like that. And they work hand in hand with up to 35 different families in a particular community, kind of being that, that uh, facilitator of ideas. And so um, with that relationship established and really dedicating a lot of the time to building that relationship over multiple years, we've seen a lot of successes with this approach. And um, we uh, kind of the, the methods that we use are really based in regenerative agriculture. And I know that's a really big kind of buzzword these days uh, in stateside, I guess, uh, you know, around the world too, for sure. Um, but there's nothing really new about regenerative agriculture. It's really entrenched in indigenous principles and values of, of taking care of the land, of being stewards of the land, of growing food in agroforestry settings where you're combining your agriculture with your kind of forestry stewardship, um, all for the benefit of your family, the benefit of your health and, and, the, and the local environment. Um, and so we've divided that out into this multi-year approach. Um, right around four years, a family will be in partnership with SHI, with a field trainer, and they'll move through different phases. So we go from phase one all the way to phase five. Phase one is, as you can imagine, is an introduction. We do, um, there's a lot of planning involved. We do this really kind of exciting uh, activity called a farm plan where we sit down together and draw out what your farm looks like now and what you envision it to look like in five years at the end of the program. And that's an exciting step because it allows uh, a family to, to really dream big and, and it becomes essentially a roadmap for what they want to see and what they want to do. And, and like everything in life, it gets tough and it becomes a con it becomes kind of this place that you can 
return to uh, an informal contract, so to speak, with yourself, you know, and to say, hey, what was it that we wanted? And um, let's, you know, if we starting to feel like we're off course, we can come back to it. At any rate, that becomes the foundation for all the work. And it's, um, it gets technical. It's, you know, um, designing a farm to, to, um, to, to trap as much moisture as possible in the soil, building up soil quality and soil health, um, really planting symbiotic species of, of plants and attracting different levels of biodiversity onto your farm, all with this idea of, of really being essentially in harmony with the environment while you're growing food for yourself. And it gets to a point uh, where you've kind of reached this, these levels of food sovereignty, where you're taking care of yourself, where you have the ability to choose the food that you eat and you have sufficient quantity and quality that you can entertain the idea of selling it and you can sell to neighbors. And so in the latter half of our program, we introduce um, the kind of early, really early informal access to markets and what that could look like and how to save money and how to um, market yourself. Or if you grow extra platanos, what would that be to sell it? And, and so um, that's kind of setting families up for success as they near the end of our program. And then finally, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop after this, but finally you, you reach phase five and it's a big formal graduation. It's a big party um, where everybody comes together to recognize the hard work, to celebrate the big changes that they've already started to see in, in their kids' lives and in the food that they grow and, and, and set themselves up for the next the next phase or the next chapter, which is SHI's kind of um, removing that institutional presence from the communities and people are on their own, but there's, but they've got these new skill sets to take with them. So that's just, uh, I guess, kind of a general overview of this approach that you mentioned, but it's something that SHI has developed over the years and we continue to develop it. We're, we're continuing to innovate and and test new thinking and new ideas that we see and we learn about. Um, we've got some exciting things going on right now, which I'll save for later on, but uh, our program is, that's kind of what SHI is known for. One of the many things that we're known for is this really structured approach to um, uh, sharing technical knowledge about regenerative agriculture. Yeah, that's really cool um, to hear about this entire method and how you're contacting these families. And um, one question I have is um, when you're contacting these families and I see, I feel like it could be pretty intimidating, right? Like an organization coming up to you, telling you about um, like these new methods that you've never tried before. So have you ever found that families have like tried to reject your help or have been sort of hesitant against it? And if they have, what has your organization done to try and combat that? Sure, that's a really great question. Um, and anytime there's change, you there's always some level of kind of hesitancy involved because change is tough. And, you know, you're really talking about uh, kind of behavioral change here too. This is, these are a lot of, um, there's a lot of Kind of cultural components embedded into the way that we farm or the way that you grow food, the customs that you use. And, and so there's a lot going on. It's not just like uh, a, a quick, a quick um, direct technical uh, add-on to your life or not. There's a lot kind of woven in here. And so we do our best to actually not just show up and say, hey, this is what you should do. Um, 
we've uh, we try to be really self-aware in that regard. Uh, and and you know, 25 years in, there's a lot of people that that have heard of us that we've not worked with. So that works to our benefit. Um, they've we've kind of created a little bit of a reputation and a footprint, so to speak, in the regions of Belize, Honduras, and Panama, and actually outside of that across Central America. And then so it's not such a a surprise when when we start to have meetings, but we're really intentional in this first phase, exactly to your to your question, Sanj, about how are we delivering our 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 work? How are we delivering our message about what we do? And so we spend a lot of time before we even go to a first community doing research to figure out where are the regions, where are the communities that SHI can have the best impact. And so we're kind of we, what that typically looks like are these communities that are really rural that are, might be otherwise ignored or hard to access by government services. And so they're kind of left outside of any of those um, safety nets that, that we might expect to find here in the United States. And so uh, we present ourselves, we ask for, you know, we kind of, we do site visits and we say, hey, this is what we do. And only if local leaders um, local officials in these rural communities like what they hear, um, are interested to, to hear more, would we then come and do a, a, a presentation with a handful of the staff members from, a, from one of our offices. And we meet in a really neutral spot in town, excuse me, and we say, and we explain just like I did about the methodology and who we are, what we've been doing these past 25 years. And we just we show them what who we are. And sometimes we'll bring other farmers that have already worked with us to explain, hey, this is what this is what the impact was like for me. This was my experience. And then we really believe strongly in this idea of self-selection. So farmers will raise their hand. Families will say, hey, this is this sounds good. I'd like to participate. I think you can start off on the wrong foot quickly when you start. Uh, pointing at people and saying, you come do this with me, <laughs> or, you know, we're the experts. And it's not that at all. And, and I, I think it's important also to, to recognize that this is a really, it's a two-way knowledge share. These are farmers that have been it for generations. And we're not really inventing or not bringing up anything new. We're just, it's, it's new in terms of a few generations. Oftentimes, this idea of working with local materials of creating natural pesticides or planting uh, different crops together. It's been done for hundreds, thousands of years before, but in the past, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 years, past couple generations, where there's been a real emphasis on the use of, of, of agrochemicals and synthetic products and things like that. We've kind of lost our way in that regard, but, um, so we present ourselves as a, as a facilitator of new ideas, bringing them to people to say, hey, let's do this together. And we can kind of set you on a really strong path for, for producing for yourself and your family. But we take that super seriously. And sometimes people don't want to do it. And they say, hey, this is a lot of work. I want to continue with the ways that I, the more conventional agriculture that we do. And, and, and you're, you can't push back. I mean, that's just it's their choice. And that's what they want to do. But oftentimes, I will say some of the folks that are hesitant in the beginning will start to see their neighbor enjoy some of the successes and see some of the positive impacts. And they'll say they'll come around in a year and they'll say, hey, I, I think I'd like to join or something like that. So um, it does happen. It does happen that that it's it's not a quick. Yes, I'll do it. Um, it does take some time. And it's that's understandable. It's a big change for folks.
Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I feel like your approach seems very approachable and that people would be very willing to try it, you know, because of the way that you're approaching them with them first listening about what it actually is rather than just trying to say, here, that's everything that we're going to change in one day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I see that um, you were talking about how a lot of people have heard about you and how you're, you've been able to um, grow SHI. So what do you think was the um, most impactful thing that you did to grow your organization? Just be personally asking as Grade Green is a pretty small nonprofit. We want to learn from the bigger guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and I say that because I still, I consider us to be kind of still a small organization, but um, that, and I guess it's always really good to have your sights set on um, where you want to go. And and that's, uh, I think, Greater Green, you'll be there, you know. And for SHI, you know, I've, I've been here with SHI working with this organization for seven years. And I mentioned earlier, we're 25. So there's been many uh, really smart, intelligent people before me to have held, you know, my position, to have uh, been with the organization. And so we've been able to kind of continue with that momentum. And I think that's, a, that's a, something to, to remember when growing an organization is that, we kind of are all part of uh, part of the, the ship moving forward. We come on, we go on, and we come off. But the most important thing is that the ship remains intact and it and it continues to to move forward. So we're all contributing to that, and we should be able to think of our our own personal contributions and group contributions as kind of for the greater good of the organization and its name and its mission as it moves forward. And I I believe SHI is is doing a good job at that. Now I think. My personal uh, kind of take on, or my personal answer is, in addition to what I just mentioned, is is really about finding good people. And I think, you know, with Greater Green, with SHI, a lot of nonprofits out there, is you get a lot of mission-driven people that want to be there because they believe wholeheartedly in what you do. It's something they do already at their own house. Um, they've gone above and beyond to learn more about it. Um, they're not just there necessarily for um, to make, you know, to, to make a dollar. Now that's important because we all, you know, need, you know, to live and to have our own livelihoods. But I think that's what's special about nonprofit work is that you get surrounded by people that are really in tune with the mission and they're committed. And so uh, some of the, a lot of the successes, especially while I've been with SHI has been around the people. It's hiring really good people. I mean that for SA, for our office here in the United States, but, uh, and especially I mean it for our staff across uh, Central America, as they are out every day building these relationships and implementing the model and creating these impacts. Um, we have staff that have been with us for nearly 20 years of the 25, uh, almost even 25 years, to be honest. And, and I think that's something to be proud of as an organization is this really low turnover rate. I think we take care of staff. I think we promote, um, we recognize uh, their achievements, and uh, I think we're you know, just in general a good place to work. And, and it's full of really intelligent people, and we're always open to learning from each other. And, and that's nice. That makes it a nice place to be, but it also pushes the, the organization forward. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, honestly, I feel like we always feel like there's room to grow so I totally understand you saying that like um like you also feel like a smaller organization because mm -hmm. 
there's always more help that we can be doing in the community. Um, but yeah, that's amazing that you've had people working there for 20, 25 years. That's actually insane. Um, <laughs> I think that our meeting is going to end in two minutes. So I think it would make more sense for us to just leave now and then rejoin the link so that we can start off with a new question. Is that okay with you? That's absolutely fine. I'll join you here in a second. Okay, sounds good. Goodbye. Uh -huh.